Hello and welcome to the School of Attraction podcast. I'm Damien Deeker and I'll be talking with you about a range of topics from dating, attraction, masculinity, sexuality, life philosophy, and much, much more. So without any further ado, let's get started. I hope you enjoy listening to today's podcast just as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Hello, everyone. It's Damien here from the School of Attraction, and I'm talking to someone that's exciting for me to talk to today. Um, uh, he runs a YouTube channel uh, called Yogi Obes, um, and I discovered it a few months ago. And when I saw his stuff, I wanted to reach out to him. Uh, not necessarily because I believe with everything he says, although I do like a lot of what he has to say, but I love the way that he does put his... Um, his thoughts and opinions forwards on this channel. I think it's really fantastic. And I'm always a massive fan of, um, I'm a massive fan of talking to people and watching videos that challenge in a really intelligent way. Some of the things that I hold to be true and Yogi Obe's channel has been one of those. So welcome, mate. Thank you. Thank you very much for the words. And yeah. Glad to be here. Cool. So I, you know, we talked, I've, I've done an interview with you for your podcast and you know, this is the, this is the first. I'm going to link some guys to that because I think that was a good interview for guys to listen to. But um, we talked about a number of things when we had our interview that, you know, I wanted to bring here. And I guess the first thing, the first way that I found you was through your your thoughts around sort of some of the red pill MGTOW, that's men going their own way stuff. And I think, again, like I said, I don't always agree with everything you say, but I like I, I do like a lot of your opinions because you, you're not you, you've never appear, seemed to me to be a strict red pill MGTOW follow-up like you you do definitely apply like believe in some of those things but you don't feel like a strict follower um I just wanted to know like speak to you like what what have you really gotten that's been powerful from I guess reading a lot of that literature and getting involved in that philosophy Uh, yeah with the red pill philosophy I definitely know I am relatively new to it I think some of my inspirations were Roosh V for sure entrepreneurs and cars, all those guys. Um, and, but it was really just kind of correlating what other people were saying with my own experiences and seeing them in a new light and realizing that there is a lot of truth to this stuff, even though it comes across as very negative. And what I also just like about it, I think a lot of people like about it is that it's still relatively underground. It's not mainstream. So that has its own appeal. And knowing that the mainstream doesn't really like this stuff is even more appealing to people like me who tend to be kind of rebellious. So yeah, I, I mean, I haven't really read a lot of stuff. People ask me, what books do you read and all that? Um, I don't really read a lot of red pill content. I would say the other thing that made a big difference in my life is just straight up cold approach, like thousands upon thousands of cold approaches. And I don't really talk about it a whole lot because I don't teach game. It's just kind of complicated to teach that stuff. So, um, but definitely that type of experiential learning, uh, helped me connect some of the red pill concepts and then come to my own conclusions about things. Other than that, I think my experience with the diet world and, uh, I used to have orthorexia, which is an unhealthy obsession with healthy eating. We see a lot of young men with that today, as well as women on various trends and diets. And that experience taught me to be more detached from different ideologies. So when I saw that people in MGTOW and Red Pill were becoming too attached to certain concepts and there wasn't really any evidence behind them, that's, that helped me. It just kind of helped me pull out. So it's really my whole life experience, I would say, um, combined with 
experience with women and then seeing my own story about uh, getting suspended from medical school, putting things together and seeing that, wow, you know, there's a reason to be upset today. And this is kind of how we need to navigate uh, forward in society. I think that's the part of some of the red pill message that I do agree with, because I think there is there is stuff to be upset about. Um, and, you know, I was going to I was going to talk to you about this just in the scope of red pill. But you actually you made a video recently on your channel that I thought was absolute money. Um, I really loved it. And, and for everyone watching, I think you guys should check it out. It was called it was called Do Looks Matter. Um, you didn't do it too long ago. And this video was so much about so much more than just Do Looks Matter. It kind of branched away from that topic. Um, and I think that I think that I want to I would like to talk to you about that video and, and, and sort of delve into that a little bit deeper, because, you know, I mean, you talked about the idea that looks do matter. Right. And it's not just looks. It's lots of other things that you'll hear about in, say, say the red pill philosophy, like monkey branching and, um, um, you know, women constantly trying to get to the highest possible alpha male they can in the in the stack. But what you talked about, at least my understanding was what you're talking about. Correct me if I'm wrong, was that great. These things exist. But what we do is we use it as a catchphrase and a reason not to bother. Because that's what I see. I'd see that a lot with guys saying, oh, this is just how the world is. So fuck it. Why even try? Yeah, is that, absolutely. Is that kind of the message that was coming through there? Yeah. And I think I don't remember exactly what I said. That was, you know, I make a video almost every day. Um, but I've. I think the idea is that people are just getting the wrong information. Like you don't want to get your education from the internet. You want to get it from experience as well as, you know, combine it with stuff from the internet. But there's just a lot of people saying things that don't make any sense. And the problem with game teaching game is that every level you ascend is a new language. So you can't really communicate to people who are on, uh, who are less experienced. So, people who are less experienced who believe in these concepts and watch YouTube channels that say looks are pretty much everything, they are speaking a certain language. And it's really hard for them to see that, wow, there's plenty of women who will enter a relationship with a guy and really like him, even if he's not good looking, alpha, looks money status. So, and I think also, you know, being men are more rational, logical, or whatever, in most cases, um, so we tend to like try to connect the dots, but we don't live through subjective experience as much. And that causes this type of incorrect thinking. So yeah, looks get your foot in the door, but there's so many other things that I think most guys, um, and especially with Instagram and, and phones, people aren't really understanding these other aspects of masculinity and sexual dimorphism and polarity that naturally attract women. And so they're just uh, believing in the wrong things. And that's what I was trying to communicate probably in that video. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that was, that's a really important message. I think what I wanted to add to it, I think, um, was another facet to it, which is that I see a lot, especially on the comments on YouTube and stuff, um, which is obviously represents somewhat of a prevalent way of thinking, mode of thinking for a lot of guys. I think it's a lot of humans, not just guys, is that we have this, this fallacy of thinking, which is what I see is all there is. And so for a lot of guys, they'll, you know, I can get a guy who'll say every woman that I've dated just wants me to spend money buying her things. And, you know, I sit here and I think, where the hell are these women? 
And where are you finding them? Because I know they're there. I mean, there are women like this in the world. I'm not sort of, you know, being ignorant of that, but I just can't find them, especially not consistently. Like I got to really dig around to find one that's, that's really like that. Um, and yet some men seem to be a, an absolute beacon to, you know, women who are like that, for example. And it's interesting because a lot of men then use that for their proof of this is what every woman is like. And, you know, I'd like to get your thoughts on my, my the idea that I have, which is that everybody, we only see a narrow slice of the world. So a man, even a you know, man like myself too, or like you or like anyone else, we only see a narrow slice of all the women because we only tend to interact with a certain kind of woman based on who we are, the type of women we like, our personality, what country we live in, you know, all these kind of things. We tend to only interact with a specific type of person. Uh, and then we assume that's everything there is. And I was just wondering, has that been your experience too? Or I agree with that. I, I do. I do agree with that. I think it's very much related to my concept of the different languages. So if you only interact with gold diggers, then that definitely skews your perspective. But yeah, I, I think it is possible to look beyond just your experience and try to figure out what's going on. But for a lot of guys, that is definitely true. Um, especially younger guys, they feel that, oh, these guys are getting it, but I'm not. Therefore, it's just looks. They're better. I've seen so many guys who are perfectly fine looking who think they're ugly, and it's just like mental. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's and that, that's why you have to broaden your experiences and just be open. And you don't want to spend too much time uh, on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I see. I mean, I see a lot because I, I do some Tinder coaching as well. Um, and say so what you will about Tinder, I think I, I don't think it's a force for the better in the dating world. I think we talked about that briefly, and we do kind of agree with that. Even though I teach it, um, I think you're much better cold approaching. Um, something I think we'll touch on later, but I do agree with that. But when I'm coaching guys uh, with Tinder, I get this all the time where perfectly okay looking guys are getting no results, and they go, "No, it's only it's only like only the the hottest guys ever get any results." Yeah. And you're like, "Well, wait up, let's see. The first photo is." a horrible blurry shot of you drunk in a bar. <laughs> Maybe this is why you're not getting matches. Uh, yeah, I, I see that kind of thing quite a lot. And um, it's, it's, it's equal. It's frustrating and amusing depending on <laughs> the adamant adamacy of the guy I'm talking to on these notions. Um, it's interesting. You talked about, I want to go back to something you talked about, which was the, the languages that as you get better, more confident, I guess, or evolve, or I don't know what the right term is, but, as you move up through the social ladder, so to speak, in your own world, you do, don't you? You end up, it's an interesting thing. I've never actually used that language before, which is languages to communicate and to communicate experience. And I actually think that's, I, I like that. I've never thought of it in that terms before because it is, it's very difficult. If I'm talking to a guy who's um, a new client that I just, just, just brought on, you know, 27 years old, no experience whatsoever at all with women, very unsocialized. It is hard because there's a reference point. There's a frame of reference you don't have to communicate. Um, and you said that you had done a lot of cold approaches. Did you did you start being a relatively social guy already when you first said, I want to go out and start approaching women? Or were you, you know, what was the place that you came from? And, you know, or did you work on something else first before you made that decision to do all those? Yeah, yes and no. So naturally, my personality type is an extrovert but I don't really like talking to people that much, so it's kind of weird. I don't know why I rank as an extrovert, but 
I met my first prom date at a Starbucks when I was 16 in the mall. And I was with a couple of my friends. She was with her buddy. She was really hot. And unfortunately, I didn't really have the skills to like bang her at that point. I didn't really understand that, but she was really hot. And um, yeah, I just, I just talked to her, you know, when you're with your buddies, you're confident in a good mood. And she became my prom date and it could have been something more, you know, we didn't bang afterwards, unfortunately. But um, so my point is I was naturally cold approaching way before I learned about game because it's just kind of obvious that you have to learn to speak to women um, if you want to get with them. But there was a specific incident where at the end of my uh, senior year, I was in a very serious relationship where I was considering marrying this chick, even though she was two, two years, two and a quarter years older than me, which is now for me, I realized a huge red flag. You know, I prefer dating younger women who are at least four years younger than me. Um, and it, we broke up because of distance, because I was moving to Portland and she was thinking of going to school there. But then it didn't work out and we just weren't able to maintain it. But I was just like, man, this sucks. Like, I put so much effort into this and what's the point? I just want to go sleep around and be a player now instead of being so serious. And my friend had a horrible breakup where this girl cheated on him and tried to really shame him. And, and he was like this considerate, nice guy. And the weird thing is he's super alpha, but at the mm -hmm. same time, he's super compassionate as well. So he's got like all the qualities, but he was definitely too much of a nice guy. And then he started introducing me to PUA and game. At first, I was like, nah, this is cringy, stupid. But then I just went on a rampage and started cold approaching girls like crazy because I realized that even though I was doing it, I wasn't like confident enough and relaxed enough. I didn't feel confident with myself and happy with myself. Mm -hmm. um, so then, yeah, so then I started doing it a lot more after that. So I was kind of naturally doing it, but though that event kind of led to me doing it more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I, 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 when I started, I was, it was interesting. I was a social guy, but I had really bad anxiety disorder, which had developed separately. So it's like I had some social skills, but I had massive anxiety troubles to, to get through. And yeah, I, I remember starting to go out to approach and it took me, took me like six months to even start getting any kind of consistent approaching going on. Cause that was just a, a beast of a, a beast of a thing for me to work through. Um, I something that um something I'll, I'll sort of do a bit of a phase shift here. Something that I see a lot of, um, going back to this red pill stuff. I, I see a lot of anger. There's a lot of frustration and anger in men, and uh, like a lot. And I see it growing, and I see that whether or not you like or don't like red pill and MGTOW philosophies, there's anger, right? And um, it's got a, it's not the philosophies aren't causing it, right? <laughs> um, and I guess my question for you is, because I've got my own thoughts, and I think it'd be interesting to discuss, why do you think the anger is there? And do you think all that anger is warranted? Or do you think it's it's overblown by media, by things guys are reading and all this other kind of stuff? I guess it would depend what the anger is towards. Um, I don't want to speak for all the anger, because some guys are angry because they're not getting laid, and they are just... Uh, invoking self-pity which is not healthy other guys are angry because they lost their job because they got me too and stuff like mm. that which is totally warranted mm. um, other guys are angry because they see women getting away with criminal behavior and men aren't allowed to do that they see that there's that double standard there and female entitlement and all these things 
other guys are angry because women are just changing they're, and interacting with them is, is different. And maybe they spend too much time on, on Tinder or apps and get no results and just feel like, wow, this sucks. My life sucks. And um, Jordan Peterson had a good quote about that. He said, if you are, if men are getting angry about these things, it says something about their value system, what they value, and they're valuing casual sex too much. And that's why they're angry because that's their reference point. Whereas if that's not your reference point, you wouldn't be as frustrated. And I bring that up because for me, I started getting frustrated in Portland, not because I wasn't getting laid, but because the girls just weren't hot enough. And I realized afterwards, after like a year of celibacy, like, wait a second, like if I was celibate like I am now, I don't think I would have been so frustrated because my uh, beliefs are different. My goals are different. So I would say some, yeah, it's both. Some of it's definitely warranted because you see, so you see plenty of issues, the self-centered radical feminism that is uh, very bad for men, discriminating against men. But then there's a lot of uh, just like reading too many negative threads on Reddit and too many bad videos on YouTube and just feeling horrible afterwards and not really getting out of your house and interacting with people. So it's definitely important to fight that every day. And try to be positive and just you know kick ass. Mm. Yeah, I. It's interesting. I mean, because I've really looked at this, um, because I'm quite a passionate. I'm quite passionate about men's rights um, and a lot of the violations that are going on there, especially around paternity rights and prison sentences and a lot of the sort of inequalities that are going on there and being pushed. Um, and I'm quite passionate about a lot of that stuff. And the thing that I found interesting is that uh, when I look for, for example, when I look for examples of men who have had their lives ruined by fake rape accusations, for example, um, it happens, the threat's there, uh, and it's a problem. And to any man who, to whom that's happened, that is an abomination. Like, it just shouldn't happen. Um, but the interesting thing, or the thing that I often find curious, is that the rate at which it happens is actually still extremely low. Um, in fact, a lot of these things, the rate at which they happen is low. So I, I spent some time delving into uh, court cases, paternity court cases, for example. And um, it's really interesting. Every time I see a story about what a horrible thing to happen in this example, in this court case where this guy lost everything, even though the wife did X, Y, Z. It's amazing how many times I look into the court case, into what actually happened. And it's it's way more complex. It's way more gray than the guy got shafted. That isn't to say guys aren't getting shafted. They are. That's not the message I'm trying to put across because I, I know some men personally who have gotten really badly screwed by this system as it exists. But what I find interesting is that, and you mentioned this, there is so much um, sensationalization that we become, I think a lot of men end up feeling quite neurotic about the threat that isn't as big isn't as crazy a threat it's a thing that needs dealing with but it's not it shouldn't you know for most of us it it isn't going to apply much in our lives you know and i i guess i I see a lot of that you know i can't see the extremity extremity that a lot of guys are seeing yeah i guess uh, yeah yeah, if i could just chime in for a moment i think one one aspect of this that's really important is if it's happening even a little bit it's often a symptom of a greater problem as well Mm. and there are many cases that you don't hear about. And I think that although it shouldn't be a reason to not approach women, you know, maybe it should be, I don't know. You know, I've approached 
thousands upon thousands of women, like between four and 5,000 women over three and a half years. And all that ever happened to me was you know, some people in Portland, Oregon found out that I was asking women if they were Russian too much and they didn't like that. Um, and at, at uh, the college, some people were finding out that this guy was approaching a lot of girls, but there was no real, nothing bad about it. I didn't get in trouble and, and I shouldn't. But um, there, you know, I get comments from my viewers pretty regularly, just stories. And again, I don't know, I'd have to look into the case to see what's actually going on. Like you said, I think that's something that most people don't do. But I get a lot of reports of people getting fired from Me Too, even if they weren't even involved, if they were just like in the same room or something like really crazy things that make zero sense. So, of course, it's just a YouTube comment. I would need to verify it. That's very, very important. But I do feel that, you know, I get a lot of stories about this stuff. So I I personally feel that that is a real threat in the workplace and men don't want to work with women as much because they do lie and they make stuff up. And it's a symptom of a much greater problem. But I don't think it's a reason to not approach women. You just have to approach the right ones, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I just, I suppose it's, it's difficult because in my experience, the vast majority of women are pretty decent. It's like, it's like a very, very small number of bad eggs that, that are causing bad things to happen. And, and there's no protection for men when it happens, right? It's like if a woman claims rape, if she's lying, it doesn't matter. His name is kind of screwed for, yeah. for almost eternity and all this stuff. But yeah, I think that's a good point that may, I think most, well, I guess, I don't, yeah, I don't know where you live. Where I live, it's very hard to find an attractive woman. Um, like the feminism here is extremely strong. Um, everywhere I go, when I wear this shirt, I get a lot of reactions. So yeah, yeah, but- I've only worn it a couple days so far here because I've, I've just recently printed it. Um, but I do not see attractive women around me. So I don't even get to interact with these women you're talking about. Um, I'd have to go to the university or hang out in very specific neighborhoods and, you know, I'm a busy guy. I don't really make a lot of time for that. Um, so I, I think that maybe it's better where you are. And I think in many parts of the world, it is a lot better, but in American cities there, especially in my city, I'm in Minneapolis, it's hard to find like just normal, normal girls, but I agree those normal girls are, they're decent for sure. Really? That's amazing that it's so bad over there. I, I, I can't comment. I haven't been, I mean, I've been to the States a number of times, but um, I never experienced it in the few cities that I've been to, but that doesn't really mean a whole lot. Um, yeah. In Portland, Oregon, it's, it's almost impossible to find a good egg, I suppose. Wow. Um, you know, my buddy, for example, he's a, he's a bit uh, not as strict with, you know, standards He's dating a girl who has, who's seeing like five other guys and he's totally okay with it. And she's also older, like in her thirties. And so it's like finding a good girl in her twenties that's hot with long hair in Portland or even here right now, very tough. But there are a lot of hot girls with long hair, like outside the city around here, but they're not just walking around the street all the time. You know what I mean? They're with their parents and stuff like that. So finding like hot traditional just hot girls, like, you, I guess there's certain parts of the U.S. where it's easier, but I don't see them, like, on the street much around here. That's pretty nuts. That's, um, yeah, okay, it is definitely better in Australia and pretty much every city in Australia I've been to yeah, and yeah. Uh, most cities in Europe that I've visited as well. That's, that's right. Oh, yeah. And no, that will play a role. 
obviously, depending on what city you're in. Um, so, the, I mean, the other thing I was going to mention, the other the other thought that I had around this stuff was we live in a society that we teach, and da- a lot of dating coaches do as well, promote the notion that you can get hot with women now. You deserve incredible women now. Just do these few simple things and you'll deserve amazing women. And this message is promoted not just by dating coaches, but by everything, really, any type of beauty product or cars or everything, really. And I think I suspect that part of the anger that's out there is because we feel like we deserve, like men feel like they deserve these incredible women. Um, They don't. They're not at a place where they deserve incredible women. What do they bring to the table themselves? Sometimes it's jackal, right? Or it's a shitty personality and a good job, right? (laughs) Um, They're just not bringing anything to the table of great value. And then I think there's that entitlement feeling. And it's not always obvious. I'm not talking about guys who get screwed by a system. I'm just talking about a lot of the frustration for men. I think that's there. I think there's that notion of, I guess that's what I'm feeling, with teaching men to feel entitled to something that they haven't earned. I, yeah, I, I think yeah. also like pornography probably plays a role. Um, it's pretty controversial that some people believe that uh, when you see so many naked women and you, it makes you more entitled or makes you want them more. And you know that children exposed to it or teens exposed to it lose their virginities earlier and might do drugs, more drugs and stuff and get STIs. Um, and it could in some cases make men more violent towards women as well when they're rejected because in their mind now they have a memory of it's almost like we have a new experience now that's not a real life experience it's a virtual reality and we think it's real so our brains get confused whereas if we don't do any of that stuff um then it's not as much of a problem you know we're not as probably entitled and spoiled about the situation so this convenience culture definitely, I would say, could be a problem, could relate to what you said. And I think that's a good way of putting it. A man should definitely feel like he earned something before getting it. That's that's mm-hmm. absolutely correct. So a lot of these MGTOW guys, yeah, they don't, it's, their personalities just couldn't attract a fly. So right. they, that's, so when they complain, I just see, wow, dude, like you actually need to like talk to some women and work on that. And then your opinion might be more well-rounded. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like when I get guys, I get I get some guys on 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 YouTube who will say like, uh, "Dude, I don't know, you know, WTF is going on. I'm a super hot guy. I'm like a model, and all these <laughs> other bloody like simp guys are getting women, right? Like, you know, W using all these terms. I'm like." You just sound like a wanker. <laughs> I'm willing to bet you come across like a wanker in person, you know, and that could be why, regardless of what you're looking like right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I see that. Um, now, you said that you've done a bunch of approaches, like you, you, you've been enjoying doing that, but you also mentioned last time we talked that you've been celibate. You've been being celibate at the moment. Yeah. Um, I'd like to know more about that like why what the thinking is what you've gained from it what you've noticed yeah so after portland uh i I stayed there for a little bit then i came here Mm. and right before i left i was seeing this really hot girl like she was nine out of ten just perfect physique super intelligent talented and amazing um except she was on birth control so 
I felt there was a little layer where I couldn't go further with her because it can block the woman's ability to connect and, and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's crazy. But, uh, and that year, that was last year, 2018. So that was in April I left and, you know, I tried doing online dating a little bit and continued with my kind of casual sex mindset where I felt I would feel mad if I couldn't bang two new girls a month. So it was kind of ridiculous. Like my goal was, okay, how I just want to have sex with one new girl a week. And if I couldn't meet my goals, I would feel frustrated with myself and with, with the city. Cause I was like, man, these girls are just so ugly and they're all feminists and disgusting. And that was true because I noticed everywhere else, like women were more approachable. Um, so I went on four dates total throughout that process all I met I met all of them online because I didn't I didn't approach I wasn't in a city anymore and every single one it didn't really work out all the way I mean it's only four dates but then after the last one the girl was like pretty much used me to get a ride out of me and uh, I mean I thought I was smart enough to see that I mean we did sleep together but we didn't bang and uh she was so annoying and spoiled and disgusting I just said, you know what, what am I doing? I need to like focus on my life and get myself to a place where I could actually be with a girl. Because the other thing I realized, so that was the first reason. Um, the second reason was that I noticed that with the women that I was the most attracted to and who liked me the most as well, there was definitely some pair bonding and we wanted to be with each other longer term. And of course, sex was better as well. So I said, you know what, like, I would rather just do that. And the girls I go for, it's like, that's naturally what happens. So through, first I would do like five approaches a day or whatever, sometimes more than that. Eventually it slowed down so much to like maybe one approach a week. But each approach was very targeted and it had a very high success rate because I just made sure the girl was the right girl and I made sure I really liked her first and it was an easy situation to approach. Um, so I just became even more selective. So it was just like a natural process of being more and more selective. And so now I'm just more selective. So, um, when I meet that girl, um, who I feel really good with, I'll enter a relationship with her and we'll just kind of go from there. Um, the other thing is it's also been a really long winter here. So it's like pretty much nobody goes outside and I don't really like to stay up late or anything. I prefer day games. So that kind of helped me just solidify my beliefs and focus on work and focus on myself because I, I was spending too much time going out, trying to meet women, going on dates. And I realized it just wasn't productive and I needed to step back. And it was really hard because I didn't want to. Um, but it just kind of naturally started happening. And I, I, it was hard because I don't want to give up, you know. But then I shifted my perspective and now I just think differently. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I was wondering, actually, if that's where that's how the story was going to unfold, um, because something that I see with men who try to learn to get better with women, you know, I see them tend to go in one or two directions um, as they get better. They they either do. And this, this is what happened to me. And it sounds similar to what happened to you. Um, is they they get to a point where they're suddenly approaching, approaching and, and they feel like they get so focused on trying to pick up women um, or trying to get laid, that it becomes a little bit, it doesn't feel healthy anymore. Like it kind of feels minor obsessive. 
that it becomes a thing you need to do. And it, you realize, like, I realized one day that I was trying to line up two girls, like, to hook up with, and and I just had a busy week, and and I was supposed to go out with friends to pick up more girls, like, that night. I'm like, I feel like I don't even want to sleep with these girls. I feel like I'm doing it to sate the younger version of me who couldn't sleep with girls very, very successfully. You know, I felt like I was... I didn't even want it at that point in time. Like I was sexually sated. Like I, I, I didn't need extra. I, I was just doing it because I should. Like this weird kind of obligation to myself. And and then and then you kind of take a step back and go, wait, there's other things I want in my life. This isn't so important anymore. And it sounds like that's similar to what happened to you. Um, yeah, kind of. I, I think also I wouldn't have stopped if I hadn't moved. You know, that was really mm-hmm. good for me because it just helped me take a break. Um, but yeah, I, I've had similar experiences as well, and it, it can become excess, obsessive, and I felt that I was kind of like a minor sex addict because I would see girls and think they're hot and then want to approach them. And I realized that maybe I shouldn't do that in that way because I'm just trying to have sex with them. So I'd rather just change the way I think. I wanted to think more like I did before I started having sex and it was, I was just connecting with women more. It was more like innocent, but not just that it was innocent. It was more just like, you know, we just hung out. There was like a connection and that's, I felt was just felt a lot healthier and more holistic in terms of experience. So definitely in the PUA world, guys who go through it often become addicted to sex and are just focused on the lay and nothing else. And that's Mm -hmm. why I don't teach game because I don't want to attract those people because it, it, I'm just speaking a different language at this point. So I, I can't really even explain um, the way I think. Yeah. Well, and the sexual experience is worse. And I think, actually, I think this is the thing most guys forget or have never learned about sex is that sex with a chick you actually connect with, like actually like um, more than you think she's hot is way better than sex with a random hot chick you met. Um, it's just so much, such a better experience. Um, and I think got, a lot of guys miss out on like kind of quote unquote good sex because they're just so focused on just trying to shag whatever hot chick they can. That, yeah, they they're not even like people. paying attention to what's going on. No. They're just like it's just saying whatever, and it becomes like a routine. And it's yeah, it's not uh, it's not fulfilling. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think I think there's something unhealthy. You know, when you meet guys who are like, "What's your lay count, man? What's your lay count?" Yeah, what's your lake count? Yeah, and it's like you are like like just something is missing if you're trying to like if you're just trying to raise a lake count. You know, it's it's there's an unhealthy space. There's a really unhealthy space in the land of pickup, in the land of dating coaching, and that's where you become obsessed with picking up, with getting laid, as opposed to uh, being happy or just enjoying the process. Like your discovery of just thinking, you know what, I'm having better relationships when. I'm actually sticking with just a woman who I really like and connecting with. And to me, that's that's actually healthy. You know, I get that men want sexual variety, and I think it's great to go through a period where you just want to go out and sow your oats, so to speak. I think that's probably a healthy space for men to go through at least once. But, yeah, I think when it when the addiction sets in is when there's stuff needs to be dealt with because it's a drug like anything else. Like if I'm depressed or shit's going wrong, I can I can bury that stuff in just picking up hot women. Well, it's not dealing with the problem. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely an addiction. A lot of people are addicted, and it's mm-hmm. uh, they're yeah. I think they're wasting a lot of time, but at the same time, yeah, I agree. It could be a good thing to go through for a period of time, and hopefully, people learn 
mm-hmm. a lot through the process, but others do really get stuck. And I've got a friend who is really stuck. Um, he tells me all the time, you know, I need to connect with women more, but he keeps re-downloading these apps and it's like people are literally stuck <laughs> in this weird world. Yeah. Um, and they, even women are kind of stuck in the casual culture and oftentimes women are the ones who really want these long-term relationships or at least they say so but once they start going around using these apps they can't really get off of it because it's pleasurable and fun at least in the short-term kind of way and so that i think that's a low level addiction Mm. yeah yeah and i I think that's actually something that i'm at the moment trying to raise a lot more awareness around um is is like not full-on sex addiction but just using sex as a way not to deal with stuff. Uh, um, it's, it's, it's a dangerous it's a dangerous thing that guys tend to get into more than women. Women, women tend to become love addicts, right? Men become sex addicts is like the, the stereotype. But, it tends but to isn't, it's the same women. thing, though. I mean, women yeah. just say love because it's like it's a form of attachment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's still an attachment issue. Um, is there anything else that, you, that we've talked about that you'd like to, um, I, I don't know, I'd like to expand on? Um, yeah, I feel that where I differ quite a bit from most people is I believe in compatibility. And I feel like, I guess a lot of people agree with this, but chemistry is something that's just there or isn't there. So I've, I have noticed now, like my ability to detect that in other women is just, has just become more refined. So say a woman's interested in me and we start talking, I can very quickly tell if it's something that would actually work out and not annoy the living hell out of me. Cause that's really one of my criteria is how annoying is she? <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, most women are pretty annoying. So she has to be cute enough that you override that, but it's better if she's just not annoying as a good person. So that's really an area that men should think about is how compatible are you with women? How supportive mm-hmm. are they? And you know, what, what types of values do you think women should have? And when you prioritize sex over everything, you don't really care about those things. And that's another reason why people are so miserable today with relationships and just hopping from one person to the other. And there's no real satisfaction. Um, so I think a lot of that work starts with, you know, learning to say no and learning to be more patient and let go of like consumer culture constantly, just mm-hmm. pleasure and hedonism basically. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's funny though, but, when I started, when I started being much more picky about the type of women that I wanted to spend my time with, and I think compatibility is a big one because I, it's a, I, I sort of am actively teaching that too. Is stop trying to pick up any woman you see, focus on picking up the women you see who you're going to click with. <laughs> you know, uh, don't waste your time with the other, the rest. Like women who have a personality you're actually going to like. Because once I started doing that, my success went up dramatically anyway. I, it's you know it's not like I suddenly narrowed the number of women I could I could be successful with I just wasn't wasting time with all the rest and I was enjoying the process more I mean I I remember trying to hit on like specific type of women like the woo girls and clubs because I always mm-hmm. idolized them when I was younger you know and yet they were never fun like for me they were never enjoyable to pick up they were never enjoyable to go on a date with they were there was just it was all we just there wasn't compatibility Right. So I was constantly like pushing shit uphill and not really having fun, but just so I could sleep with them. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree completely. I've had that experience myself and I see it all the time in other men. Um, 
thank you so much for today. Um, this has been, I've enjoyed this. I've enjoyed our chat. Um, you know, guys, I'm going to throw a link up to Yogiob's channel as well. And uh, I think you should have a watch. Check it out. There's some good stuff there. Um, yeah, broaden what you think, what you see. Again, you'll see some conflict between stuff that I say and stuff that he says in our videos, but that's what it's all about. Uh, the thing that I will say is it's always very rational and logical and comes from a good space. So check it out, guys. Um, thanks so much for being here, mate. Yeah, thank you. Great questions. Uh, yeah, had a lot of fun. Cheers, mate. Take care. Cheers. That's it, and thank you for watching today's podcast. As a high five for taking the time to learn today, you can head over to schoolofattraction.com forward slash ultimate guide to seduction, all one word, to access my complete end-to-end -end guide to approaching and attracting women and start learning today. Take care, and I look forward to bringing you my next podcast.